Hello, this is Black Country Blokes Tune the Fat. Listen, listen, listen. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk. But in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the mums, especially my own. Let's get going. Listen, listen, listen. I've been, yeah, it's the Black Country Blokes, the fact about everything it is, mental health, disability and life in general. Here with me, Kev Dillon, and my partner in crime as always, Lee Cabman. And today we're joined by Bill from Good Life Barbers, Birmingham. Now, Bill's been here all day, trimming air for us, and very passionate about mental health, him and his uh, barbers. They'll be telling you about his life story, and they've gradually said they're going to donate the money towards the Black Country Blokes, who will put it into one of our ventures. So, Bill, thank you for your time. Oh, no, it's a Absolute pleasure, like I said, and we'll be doing it once a month. Every month, uh, either the first or last week of the month, we'll sort something out and just keep it going. And Bill comes down, he's going to box for us. You did a lot of time uh, doing tie box. We'll, we'll talk about your life in two seconds. There's always, we like talking about, uh, starting the show, sorry, about gratitude list. And as always, I've got a lot to be grateful for. Um, today, I mean, my lad Osman Mohammed is in Spain. He's fighting the first round of his, his um, competition tomorrow against Spain. Uh, you know, normally that makes your stomach in knots when you're fighting the, the home nation straight away. But Osman's good enough to beat anyone. Can we watch that anywhere, Kev? Or I'm not it? sure. If I know Hopefully Os, YouTube. If there is a stream, he'll send it me and then I'll put it in the group. Fantastic. Uh, so I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that Bill come down today and uh, done the trims, cut my hair up. Uh, I'm grateful just to the people I've had around me. I'm grateful that um, even though I've been poorly, uh, my father and my have been playing up and knocking the hell out of me. But uh, I'm glad the people around me to take a bit of burden off. What are you grateful for, bro? My kids. Yeah. My kids, definitely. Um, they've, they've been away without us and it's not felt weird. It's felt really odd not having them there. And uh, I am, and it just made, made me appreciate them even more than I already do. Um, and I'm looking forward to them coming back. Yeah. yeah, it's it's been odd. I was looking, me and my wife, looking forward to it. We obviously we've got the little ones at home, but the two eldest have gone away. I was looking forward to it, thinking, oh, a bit of peace and quiet, a bit of that. But without them there, it's just weird, odd, and I don't like it. So yeah, I'm grateful for them though. And Bill, what are you grateful for? Both? Well, a few things to be fair, but having a weekend off this weekend is mm. probably going to be the best one. Going down, seeing my little girl, and not having to work for once. To be honest, because that's all I tend to really do: I work and train. So yeah, that was a nice weekend off. Definitely grateful for that. It's time, isn't it? Money's great, but I'd rather spend time, the money, and spending time with the right people, as you say, with your family. And so often we work ourselves into the ground for money instead of spending the quality time with those who matter. Yeah, hundred percent. Like a lot of people work to live, which yeah. you know, and that's the way it should be. Rather than living just to go to work. Yeah. Instead of saving cash, you should be saving memories. Yeah, 100%. But tell us a bit about yourself, because I know you did um, Thai boxing before, before you come to us. Yeah, I did. I, I did it for about five years. And I did a few fights for him. I was going to go into Muay Thai Legends. And stupidly, literally just slept, slipped down some stairs and completely shattered my arm to pieces. Mm. Had to give it up. And that's where kind of everything started going downhill for me for quite a while. Because I stopped training completely, overeating. Drinking stupid amounts of crap, got well out of shape, and then you you hate the way you look. 
Mm. And you take that out on people around you. So I started training again, got back to somewhere semi-decent and then just fell off the boil after one thing or bloody another. Ended up taking a load of drugs and doing a load of stupid shit. Lost my business, my missus, and ended up having moved back up here. But it's been the best thing I've ever done, to be fair. Out of chaos can come something great, Connie. Oh, yeah. But at the time, you know, when you're off getting off your head and drinking and doing all the bad things, it seemed great at the time. And I said this too early when you were made, I went, sometimes when we're lost doing drugs and booze, we, we, we can look at it and go, what was I doing? I hate myself. I didn't, but it kept you alive until the moment that you wanted to change for the better. Yeah, 100%. When it, then it, it was very easy to get into. It started mm. off like every now and then, mm. and then got to the point where last Tuesday, yeah. and I was making phone calls to get it sorted before I finished work, because mm. I knew I wanted it. Yeah. And I'll be sitting on my own doing it as well. And that's the sad thing. It wasn't a social thing anymore. Mm. It was, I'll be upstairs, hiding away from my missus, little and downstairs, just so I can get high. Yeah. And that aeon, that's no life really no. to live. And it's, um, you do it to get away from your troubles, but then it just ends up causing you more trouble because yeah. you do things like that. You you go from, I'll just bit on the weekend to every day of the week to actually, I want to do it on the morning. It's probably not smart to, but I want to do it on the morning, you know, yeah. and, and then you do, and then you are, you lo you're missing your kid's life then, aren't you? Yeah, you know, you, 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 I, I have it myself. There's a lot of guilt surrounding me missing my kid's life early on. Um, just because I worked, I run two pubs. So I was just working constantly, working constantly. And it's not as, until I've got older, um, especially my lad, like I, I missed, I took over one pub when he basically was born and I missed so much of him growing up. And I look at him now and he's, um, you know, he's 12 years old and I just go, where's that time gone? Well, you know, and, and it fills me with guilt that I didn't spend enough time with him at that point or all the way through. I try and make up for it now, but it's still, still hard, you know, oh, it's still yeah, hard to think that way. You still have that, that them missed times, them missed mm. memories, like you say, that you ain't going to get back. And when you're filling your time with booze and drugs... It is just filling your time, isn't it? And it like when you smell weed or it's all off, like you know, you'd all buy a little bit and you'd all be sat around and passing it around. And it was a social experience yeah. till you're the only person who's smoking it. And it's no longer sociable. And you're not even getting like when you just get the giggles and it was a laugh, just sitting there being paranoid. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And then to the sniff, like once again, sharing it, having a laugh. But then once everyone's got home, you're still doing it. The part is well gone, yeah. and you're still there. And then the next day is rough, so you either get back on the session, and you escape the problem. But by God, it's brought whole new problems to the mix. Oh, I just and the anxiety you get off of it as well. The next day, oh, what did I do? What mm. did I say? And you got your mates like, do you remember this? Because you ain't got a clue what mm. you're up to at all. I've lost countless nights. Months have been blurs, mm. and I found out through various people. Oh. You've had a guy at this such and such person. So, and some of them, mates, good mates of mine, I'll oh, remember getting into a fight with him. Yeah. Well, nah, because they're trying to stop me. Or, like, you've had enough, let's go on. I'm not like, nah, make so, me. And it just. What was the turning point for you, Bill? And, and what keeps you on track now? Well, my dad is very anti anti everything, to be fair. And he kind of had an intervention. And the, my boss, when I started working for him, I was still using quite a bit and he saw it and was like, I don't want to lose you, you're great at your job, you're a nice lad. And he offered me a chair up here 
and my dad gave me the money and said, go. Mm. Right, get out of this town, away from these circles, go back to where your family are and get out of it. I did, moved in with my cousin, and she pointed me down there, said, well, I used to train at Lions, get back into boxing. Mm. Go down there, they'll help you out. Kev, Bob, they're all great people. They'll talk you through anything. So I did, started coming here and turned my life around on a dime, which I'm absolutely grateful to yourself and the team. Do you think that's what's keeping you on your straight and narrow? Yeah, I've got targets and goals now. Mm. And like, it's amazing how you lose them, isn't it, when you're in that haze? Oh. Like, there's no there's no real... The only tomorrow is getting more oh, stuff. Oh, hell, yeah. Oh, that's all I think about. Oh, I'm going to work. And it was my own business. So I'll be going to work. I'm like, right. As soon as I had enough money to pay myself, I'll be finishing early. Mm. Straight on the phone. Meeting up with the lads. And then that'll be me until stupid o'clock in the morning. Mm. And then you'll have, like, half hour, hours sleep. If and you repeat. can sleep, <laughs> get up and start, right, I've got to earn this put that bit aside for a little bit of rent and then go again. And you're just digging yourself a bigger and bigger and bigger hole. It's so common though, isn't it? And I think like, with the drug culture in this country, it's, if you go to the toilets now and the door's closed, no one's going to the toilet. Nah. Everyone's like, like, back in the day, people would have a tequila at the end of the night, but it's so common to have a couple of lines of Coke or MCAT or whatever everyone's doing now. Uh, and it's spread like wildfire, it's yeah. almost the norm of it. Oh, and and, and I, I'm one of them, I, I ain't got no problem with gear. I wish it was safer used in this control, which there's different laws to make it safer for the pun to take the pair away from the drug dealers, yeah, because people can have a problem with anything. But if you have got a problem with it, it's dangerous, oh, it's dangerous, and whatever it is, but if it's weird booze, cocaine, heroin, you lose yourself to your addictions and you become an addict yeah. and you focus on your heat. But when you can have some sobriety and you have got positive things to work on, you become your surroundings. If you're always around drunks, you, you become a drunk. Yeah, if you're always it. around drug addicts, you do their behaviours. If you're around positive people, funny enough, you start becoming more positive. That's it. And surround yourself by people you want to be or be like or have the traits of. 100%. I, I totally agree with that. Like, cause especially being on the other side of it now. Mm. Like, my mate, who was more into it than me, he's only a year older than me, he's 34. He's just got over a heart attack. Mm. A massive one as well. That's because he's pushed himself too far. Mm. Oh, mate, you need to get out of that circle. Like, mm. Get out of the town. Don't have to go too far, but just get out of the circle that you're in. Because it's that same circle, you're a product of your surroundings. Mm -hmm. It's the same when someone comes out of jail or rehab. You go get clean, you're saying this lovely place and you're doing your group meetings and I'm doing my meditation, my breathing, I found my inner zen. Then you go back to your flat yeah. and you knock about with your mates and your missus are still using. And before, you have to step away from the situation. And even like you've moved from London to the Midlands, there's still drug addicts here, there's still cocaine here, there's still booze here, there's still... Oh, yeah. But you can distance yourself because that's not your circle. No, exactly. And that's the hard thing. And I've still got very good friends who use, and I wish them all the best. And we have phone calls, we have laughs, and we joke. But I have to distance myself from them because I don't want to be like that anymore. No, exactly. And I wish everyone all the best in the world, but that's not my journey at, at, at this time. My road is onwards and upwards. You know what I mean? I hope our roads meet up again sometime. 
I mean, we're on the same journey of enlightenment and happiness, but at the moment we're just in different paths. Yeah. Well, sometimes you have to get off that road, don't you? Oh, of course, of course, but it's not always that easy. No, bloody ain't. But if I went for my dad and my cousin and but being pushed, uh, what's against my will, being pushed back into something more productive. Mm -hmm. And on art, probably say I'll still be doing the same, or if not worse. Mm -hmm. But I got dragged out of that, which was great. And now I'm finally feeling back to myself again. Like I say, with, with the goals that I've got and the fighting at the end of November, like, yeah. my mindset on I'm now working to support my life, yeah. not living to support a fucking addict. Well, at least you say it's like you don't want to change because you feel comfortable there. It's familiar. Yeah. Someone once said to me, um, a rut, uh, a rut is like a comfy bed, very easy to get into, very difficult to get out of. Oh yeah. And once you know it is comfortable, it's familiar. What do I want to change? I feel a bit shit. I feel a bit paranoid. But best of devil I know. And it takes that intervention, that love to pull you out. It takes strong people to get you out of there, but it takes a strong person to stay out of it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, like you say, if I wanted to find it up here, yeah, I could. Yeah. Well, it's a big city. There's a lot of places. You could, you only got to go and have a look at some of the pubs. You can yeah. tell, like, oh, yeah, I can go in there and I'll find it. But I choose not to put myself in that situation now. Mm. And that's where the difference comes in. And start off, I didn't want to be out of that situation now. I couldn't think of anything worse. Yeah. And that's where your personal growth starts to happen. I think the fear of, like, and if you do have a blip, if you do have a wobble, if you do fall off the wagon, not beating yourself up because you're a human being. But it's realising, do I want to go backwards or move forwards? Yeah. And that's what it falls down to. Sometimes we can pause, but it's not about going backwards. And I think, yeah, you've, I mean, like, ever since you've been here, how many months you've been with us now? Oh, it's been a few months now. We feel three, easy, maybe even four. I'd say, yeah, four to six. But, yeah. and as you say, being around good people like Josh and Jay downstairs and coming to the daytime sessions, and it, you meet characters, don't you? Oh, yeah. And it, you meet people from different ethnic minorities and different upbringings. And, but I think once you've got an equaliser of the boxing, everything else can fall into place because you've always got something you can rattle about. And then that there's many offshoots which conversations take place in yeah. the gym, isn't there? Oh, of course. Like, this is probably one of the only places I've seen where as soon as you walk through the door, you're all the same. Yeah. No one sees anything else. I can imagine it's similar with your job though, really. You're kind of you're you're a different kind of situation in terms of you doing it, but it's a very much the same. You're getting blokes come in there to yeah. have their hair cut and ultimately it's a, a one one on one experience, isn't it? You know, you're sitting there and you you either sit in silence or you talk. Yeah, and call, I know I'm gonna be sitting in silence. <laughs> That's so awkward. I I have two customers that do. Yeah. They come in and put headphones in. Really? Yeah, they say, well, this is what I want. They put their headphones in and then they just sit there with your eyes shut. And I'm like, oh, this ain't me. No, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'll just talk to yourself not, then. Yeah, I'll talk to the rest of the customers whilst I'm cutting their hair. <laughs> but they like it, so it's fine. And you've got to adapt to each customer. Yeah. I'll say a good 90% of them unload a lot of problems. Mm. And they feel not only like a bit more confidence because they look good, but they feel less weight in themselves. Because mm. I've unloaded it against another lad that's a bit like them, knows a few things, been through some similar shit, mm. and they feel happy about it, mm. and they leave, it'll spring in their step, oh, well, we'll see you next week. And then the reviews match what's happened. Oh, 
brilliant people. Well, no one really says about our haircuts. Our haircuts yeah. are good, but it's always the atmosphere is great. Mm. Lovely chat. Like it's a real pleasure to be in there. Can't wait to come back. Really funny though. Just by like watching the game later. Who's on? That little icebreak of a conversation can start everything. Then. Oh yeah. Were you off out? Oh yeah. Me um me. And me. The missus on the rocks, or uh, I'm seeing the babies this weekend. Well, you and the missus split up. Yeah, I don't see uh, the kid as much. So, before you know it, you're having a conversation. It's amazing once that door's open, what floods floods in, isn't it? Yeah. You can be shocked. I've had some of the biggest, meanest looking people, mm. and then some of the nicest, the most genuine people I've had in the chair, mm. and stuff they come out with. It's all like, God, it's fair enough. And I'll always give as much advice as I can and try and help along the way but the, some of the stuff i'm like i have no idea mm. not where you're coming from on that and that's why our bosses wants to go down this mm. mental health route uh, uh, we've already said though you you don't need to to be quite honest you don't you know there's going to be experiences in everyone's life that you're going to chat about where you just it kind of blows your mind because yeah. you've not experienced it yourself you don't know anyone yet you know, but it's not really about sometimes that you have to give that advice it's actually they just want someone who's going to listen to what they're saying yeah, and, and be non-judgmental and um uh, yeah and just listen and you it know. knows when you're a big burly bloke covered in tattoos like yourself and people are talking about feelings yeah because on paper they go ah oh, blokes don't like talking about the feelings but a lot of blokes do because we're human beings oh, of but often we feel ostracized when we do open up but when you can just sit there and just talk about something you do feel better mm. yeah, i think we're just more selective as well who, yeah. who we talk to about it with and I think a lot of people aren't idiots. You know, you, you can clock people and go, this guy gets me, or mm. he, he, I've got I've got a vibe. Or I can instinct. see he's having a bad day. And, yeah. You know, yeah. Let's, let's have a chat. Yeah. Or let's see if they want to have a chat, I suppose. And I think, you know, it's, it's underestimated. And I think where we go there, and, and I've said this, I think it's at the start of our introduction, mm. but look, some people, the only way they can talk is by having eight points or a couple of bags yeah. because they want to talk. If they if if they do say like oh, bloody okay if you're coming out with some real bonkers shit like yesterday you go oh I was off my notes mm -hmm. but really you're desperate to talk but you haven't got the confidence to talk when you're sober yeah. but then accidental conversations like yourself on the on the barber chair or me downstairs talking you find yourself talking you almost go I shouldn't have said that but then when you're not belittled and made to feel like a fool you're going that was great yeah. maybe I'll give a little bit more next time. And before you're doing it, you're passing love on and caring on, and you're not carrying the shit that you've had to carry on for all your lives. Yeah, 100%. Well, it, and that's what can eat you up as well. It is. Because most, most of your problems come from when you're not happy with yourself. Mm. Like, if you can't get a job, you're pissed off in the world because you can't get a job. But, you, but you're not going out actively looking at it. You're sitting there going, oh, fuck it, I can't get this. Oh, I can't get that. Mm. So then you're taking it out on the people around you. You're always going to hurt the ones you love when you ain't happy with yourself. Unless you find your outlet, be it coming into the boxing gym, going to speak to your barman, or going to speak to the barber. Mm. But it gives you a different perspective as well. But as you said, you always hurt the ones you love. Being in front of we hurt ourselves the most. Yeah. Because, you know, and with that, that self-love, but it's that self-worth that we lack. But we'll really knock ourselves about physically, mentally, addictive-wise, or ostracising ourselves from our loved ones because we almost feel like we have to punish ourselves i can't get a job so i'm going to fulfill my destiny of being a wrong one yeah well maybe not wrong one. maybe said a lot of bad circumstance they're leading you down to a bad path 
pause. Now I've got a decision. Don't make excuses or changes. That's One's it. a lot easier to do, making an excuse than to make a change, where you get more from the change. Oh, yeah, of course you do. It's not, don't, we were talking about it earlier, about going to the gym and that. You can make up a load of excuses in your head. Mm. Oh, it's a bit cold, or I'll take this, or I'll get changed, or I'll do this. To get yourself out of it, if you just went, you'd feel a lot better. Because mm. you'd only beat yourself up later, going, oh, I should have gone tonight. Mm. And then, oh, now, now I feel sluggish, or now I don't feel right, because I haven't done this. Mm. Especially if it's a routine. Like, the human body is a sucker for routine. After 21 days, if you miss one day, you're going to hate yourself for it. Mm. So it's getting over that and just going to do it. And we beat ourselves up too much, don't we? Yeah, Instead of going, I've been 21 days, I've had a day off. Maybe my body needed it. Maybe I'll start my next 21 days tomorrow. Yeah. It's okay. Listen to yourself, listen to your body, but don't let yourself put off everything. <laughs> nah. uh, Vicky, one of our dietitians who's been on, number one, says the human body wants to get fat. We want to get lazy. We want to know that we've got loads of fat on us. So our body, we lose half a stone and put a stone back on because our body wants to be fat and lazy and save everything. It's from Manchester your time that you when you when you were when you got something to eat, you ate it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ate it and you and you know you wanted to be big so you you'd last longer between meals and mm. you could you know so it's easy to actually it's genetically within you to want to go that way because we want yeah. How about if I don't get fed? How about if I don't get paid? How about mm. well, I've got more reserves? Mm. But really, because we are animals. But we've got to fight that thing of going, I can be comfortable or I can be content. Comfortable, the rut, content, I'm happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what it breaks down to, isn't it? But I mean, I mean you've had some ups and downs in your time. And look, with mental health, it lives in your family as well, doesn't yeah, it? And... It does. It does. Um, my cousin, bless her, she suffers with it. Two of my uncles do. My dad, to a certain degree as well. Like, and I don't think it's like hereditary. I don't think it get passed through in a genetic way. But I think you're more susceptible growing up in them situations. Mm. Like um, my younger brother, bless him, he was the, he caught it the worst of all. Like that, I did everything I could to help, and we all did. But you know, when you see someone, there's, there's no helping you at mm. all. And unfortunately, he went the way he went. Mm. But there was, there was really nothing anybody could do. You've exhausted all channels, and he just was so pig-headedly stubborn. Like, nah, I'm good. Mm. Like, the ultimate thing is bulletproof. Like, nothing's getting me. Which is a shame. Do you so. talk about it as a family now, mental between... Nah, um, me and my cousin do. Mm. Um, and, like, Mac as well. Like, we, we always talk, but all the time. Even if it's on the phone, like, when I'm away for weekends and that, we'll, we'll still be on the phone, and we'll all be talking through our problems because you need to mm. but my older generation mm. nah they, they got brought up with the man up and crack on attitude mm. to life which is detrimental especially to the kids because you're passing that on mm. and yeah that's the, that's the but that's what we're trying to change in it for our kids i said all along I, want, I didn't want my son to grow up and have the problems i had because he didn't want to talk yeah he may he may get problems still but hopefully now I've done this and, and we spoke on camera and we do what we do, he'll have, he'll, he'll know he can talk. Well, that's it, because people don't. Yeah, well, that's it, that's it. And again, my, the elder generation, like I didn't know my dad suffered until a few years ago, again, when we started this. Um, and he does, 
but he was that one. He was man up, do that, and he still is now. He's exactly as he's, yeah. but it, his experience is slightly different because he's experienced it. But he, he, you can't. He's had that for a, probably like your dad. He's had that for a lifetime of that attitude. Oh, so yeah. it's not that it's not they don't understand. You've got to talk. It's just it's very hard to change who you are, who oh, yeah. you've been brought up to be. Who you know, it's hard to change that narrative. Well, that's it. So, so when my dad and his brothers, so there was four of them in total, they got brought up on the rough ends of up here, and hard times make hard people. Mm. Like physically and just mentally closed off because mm. they didn't have the option to go and talk about what was going on because mm. it was a dog eat dog place. And then when you get moved into more of a nicer area, well, you've got that option, mm. but they don't see it. Mm. And when uh, you're got... the mad thing is, we call it hard as well, and it's probably soft, if anything, it's probably the other way in terms of you don't, you haven't got the confidence or you don't, you know, that you can't say those things. And it's it's a lot harder to begin with to actually come out that you have problems oh, yeah. than it is to keep them bottled in in some mm. sense. Yeah, I'll definitely agree. But it eats you up. A sort of, but with us, it's, it's so hard to make that first jump because when you feel like you're the only person who has them emotions, you don't want to sound like a tit. You don't want to sound like the weak guy because you're yeah. used to being a tougher. You're used to well, that's it. smashing folks up and doing this. And I need to go like, oh, I have panic attacks. Ah, you bloody tart. And, you know, man, I'll build a bridge and get over it, princess. And you're yeah, thinking, that's it. But then all it takes is, you have them. Bloody hell, thank God. I've had them all. Minute. And the conversation starts, but it's the fear. We would say the two biggest killers of men are prostate cancer and suicide. Both can easily be avoided if we pick up on them easy enough, uh, early enough. Like back in the day, prostate cancer can be done with a blood test now. There's a finger up your ass, but that embarrassment, that intimacy, would kill you. But opening up, I'm depressed, I'm suicidal. What can we do to get you right? We would rather kill ourselves or die from cancer than to make ourselves vulnerable. Yeah, and we can't let this be our killers. We've got to be getting out there. And ask him what can make us better. And if it's a conversation or a simple test, aren't we worth saving? Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't spoke. It doesn't have to be a conversation with a therapist. It can be with a barber, with a boxing coach, with a bar staff, with an old pal. Yeah, with an old pal. It can be with whoever you feel comfortable talking with. Um, I think that's one of the advantages, in fact, of a barber or a boxing coach. Uh, you turn up. You remember that lad when we was doing the support group and he come early and we were downstairs and we sat on the ring and we talked to him. We never saw him again. Yeah. And that is exactly perfect in yeah. some sense that yeah. he come, he unloaded himself. He probably felt comfortable because he probably had it in his head. He wasn't coming back next week. Yeah. So there was no, you know, he, he could have said, you know, obviously it's all confidential as well within yeah. between us. So he could, he could do that. He felt he could unload himself and you know, well, I'm not going to see them lads again. So, yeah. I feel better. I've come out of here feeling better. We may have given him some advice that to help him along his way. We may, and I can't really remember now. But either way, he, he he didn't have to see us next week if he didn't want to. Yeah, so you get that little bit of confidence. Yeah, right? exactly the same with a barber. Yeah. You can come in and go and and, and go to the next barbers. Yeah, there's enough of us about. Yeah, same with 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 boxing. If if that's what you want to do, come and just unload and then go. Don't suffer in silence. Uh, that's the key. Isn't it? Don't yeah. suffer in silence. 
because you're worth saving. Yeah. And you're worth, it's not about just saving, it's not about living, it's about enjoying life, isn't it? And you can't enjoy it if you if you are closed off to the mm. world. That's the thing. If you're sitting there thinking, oh, I'm a bad dad, or I'm a bad this, or oh, I failed at this, or I failed at that, then you ain't talking about it. It's just going to eat yourself up. And then you're going to be worse at the things that you're trying to prevent. Mm. You yeah. become the thing that you're trying to avoid. Yeah, that's it. And then when you do live up to your own self-fulfilling prophecy, you hate yourself for doing it. Yeah. Instead of thinking, all right, I'm on a fucked up there. I feel bad about it. What can I do to rectify it next time? What can I put? What steps can I do to stop me from doing it? If I'm tired of being hungover every morning when I'm getting my daughter ready, don't drink so much. No, that's it. You know what I mean? Or don't drink. Or if I don't like what I'm being, if it's ruining my relationship, either I'll stop it or end the relationship. Yeah. They're the options, aren't they? If something's not working. What's worth saving? And that that's what it comes down to a lot of these choices. Am I doing it because I don't like myself? Am I doing it because I don't like the person? Am I doing it because I don't like the job? What can I change to make me happy? And those who I love, happy. What can I do? What steps am I doing to make me the best me I can be? I think sometimes that's half the problem. You're kind of focused on what what's making you unhappy yeah so well, i'm a bad dad or oh i'm, I'm drinking to oh, i'm doing that uh, but you've got to you've got to flip the switch and you and ask yourself mm. the question is okay well that that's true i am unhappy i am happy because of my job okay well what can we do about that well i heard a lovely saying on one of the social medias and it resonated made when you're single and you go what what can i do to make someone love me and we've all thought that what am i doing wrong to get a partner, what what can I change myself? Is that changing the narrative? What can I do to make me the best me I can be? Or what can I do to make me the best husband? And you think instead of changing it, it's like what what have, I haven't words it right. But it's what makes me more desirable. If I if I'm healthier and I'm fitter and I'm more positive and I'm more grateful and I'm being the best me that I can be, surely I'm gonna be smashing life. Well, I think being positive is one of the keys to everything. I'm not saying all the time you've got to wake up happily, but always look for the positive in everything. We're speaking, weren't we, Billy, off air? And I said to you, like, we had to, I have times where I'm up and down all night with a little one. Then I wake up in the morning and I'll tell myself I'm tired. Mm. I won't actually stop to think if I am tired. Mm. But because, I, because I've had broken sleep, I've already told myself I'm tired. Mm. So guess what? I'm tired. Mm. But actually, if you wake up and change that narrative and actually think, am i tired actually no because i did get quite a bit of sleep and it's early morning i've done bugger all so yeah. far so actually i've got a bit of life in me mm. I, I don't i'm not tired mm. don't tell yourself you're all those things because you, you tell yourself enough you will become it yeah good or bad That's good it. or bad definitely your mind's a powerful thing and it's very mm -hmm. suggestive it is very suggestive and easily swayed if you say say something for far too long well that's why I say they work with all them um, hypnotherapists. They don't stop you smoking and stuff like that. They just trick your brain mm. into saying you never wanted it in the first place. So this works the other way around, mm. 100%. But it did. And I think once you've been in that dark place, you fall back into familiar, familiar territory, don't you? Yeah. When, you, when you're used to being depressed or you're used to being, a, it's easy to fall into it. Like a mind gym. You fall back on patterns, habits. Good habits, bad habits, 
You know what I mean? We'll fall back on habits, be it good or bad. But retrain your brain to go in, as you say, am I tired? I'll catch up on my sleep tonight, or I've still got a few more miles on the tank. Yeah, I'll just think you, th you think about, well, I have been thinking about it the wrong way. You just don't even, because you, you're just telling yourself you are that before you've even assessed whether you are that. Now you may be tired, but I guarantee you, if you tell yourself you're tired, you're tired. Yeah. I, I, you said about illness, didn't you? Basically, when you when you're you know you're getting ill, uh, but you fight through it, you fight through it, and then all of a sudden you go, you, you stop and you go, you know what, I am ill, yeah. and that's when you actually become ill. You know, that's when you're bright and you feel like shit all of a sudden. Yeah. It's, you know, you, you've told yourself you are ill. It's like going back to what you said, like when I'm in bed and I go, oh, I can't sleep. Oh, bloody hell. I think to myself, something I've learned through working with some great people. I'm in my house. I'm in my bed. I'm next to my wife who I love. I'm in my house with my daughter and I'm safe. I'm happy. I'm not, I'm not sleeping. I'm comfortable. I'm just going to rest here for a bit, even if I can't sleep. And then remind myself when I've done absolutely everything else I can do today. Yeah. There's your time. Just chill. If you don't sleep, you're resting. Mm. You're in a nice warm bed full of love. You know, so... Down the end of the world, it could be a lot worse. Yeah, don't beat yeah, yourself up. Yeah. I learned that a long time ago. <laughs> Eventually, <laughs> I'll many... sleep. Yeah, well, well, yeah, it's usually in about two minutes before you're long. Yeah, exactly. Deepest, yeah. best sleep you've ever had in your life. <laughs> That's always the way. It is, yeah, just oh. nodding off when you're long. <laughs> it's always, it's, and as you say, it's when you're long, it's when you go on a Saturday or whatever day you day, and you can lie in. Boom, you probably will, but it's like, I've got to be up in five hours. Oh, I'll, stop doing, I'll stop doing that because that just makes it worse. Well, yeah. <laughs> I just don't look at the clock and just, just uh, I'll let it be what it is. If I can't yeah. sleep now, I can't sleep, and that that's just what it is. You know, there's it, just no point looking at yourself at the clock and beating yourself up. Just let it be. Anything like the the mattress. The only thing not to come with instructions, but it's the hardest thing to use in the house. I've had it this morning. I was up at five, wide awake, felt amazing. Yesterday, I snoozed my alarm and I was almost late for work. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, where's the time gone? I closed my eyes for a minute. Yeah, yeah that's it. So that's always it. the way. But we're so similar in life, aren't we? We've been on these, in some ways, on this independent journey of enlightenment, but we share so many similarities as human beings. And what I've learned for the podcast and being a coach for God over 20 years, we should focus on what we have in common and less, less than what separates us. Because everything happens everywhere. Everything happens to everyone. Yeah. And by you're having conversations, you realise how similar we are. You know what I mean? Whatever God you believe in, whether you believe in God, how old, young. Fundamentally, we've got so many things in common. So let's have a conversation about them. Yeah. Good well, or bad. Don't worry, that's it. That's the thing, because we're all the same on the inside. I'll see this thing on TikTok. And I'll tell you what, it's absolutely amazing. There's an old Jamaican bloke on there. And he was chatting to this like con reporter like he's like if i put water in four glasses and then color in one blue one yellow one red and one pink and they tell you there was water in there would you think they're all the same well no because that's blue that's pink so that's the same with people mm. your eyes deceive you they see the color mm. they see segregation they see differences but we're all the same on the inside, mm. all as saft as one another, just trying to get a little bit further in life. Mm. That's what life breaks into, really. That's it. 
Maybe that's another way to end. I'd normally get you to end on a quote, but yeah. I think that's, that's that is the quote. The quote. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nick, uh, Bill, thank you, brother, for oh, coming no, on. Absolute thank pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Absolute pleasure. Next week, we've got uh, the, the Priory Park Massive on. Two of my best mates in the game, Was Davis and Peter Upton. They're going to be coming on talking about boxing and just two great life stories. I can't wait to get them both on their own, but they're both coming on next week. Wasn't big from the Priory. Well, guys, thank you for listening. Please share as always. Subscribe. So until we see you for next time, I want you all to take care of yourselves and each other. Ta-ra, Listen, listen, listen. And that's a wrap for another show. But if there are any comments or messages that you'd like us to read out for our next podcast, please be in touch. There are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word. Until we talk next time, ta-ra-ra-bit. Listen, listen.